0: Welcome to Staying the Course. Join us as we navigate the uncompromised Word of God with Pastor Brett Peterson. I love your word. I love the way it comforts me. Thank you, Scott. Good morning. He has risen. Hey, yeah, you remember that. You know, we had a great gathering at the Sunrise Service today in Ladera Ranch at the park we've been going to for 20 years. Uh, Remember, this is the 20th anniversary of the birth of Living Water uh, Community Church. Uh, And we started at the Water District. And for the 20th thing, we're going to be back at the Water District. So that's kind of neat. And while we were there, I love gathering before the sun comes up with God's people. Because the early church, we read from secular historians that these Christians, who they thought were a cult, said they would gather before the sun comes up and sing praises to Jesus and pledge to follow his commandments. And I love that the early church, even though they were persecuted, still met before the sun came up. I guess that's the best time to do it because everyone else is sleeping. (laughs) So if you didn't make it there, well, actually, most of you didn't. Just a few of you, two, three, four, uh, did go to the service. But there was a great crowd there on this day. April 17, 2022, Christians all over the world celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ, an event that happened 1,992 years ago. And if there's one event in history that's important to validate, it's his story. Amen? Right, his story. Never mind. Jesus lived, died, and rose again. And in fact, all recorded history pivots on that. B.C. and A.D., the whole world measures time based on Christ's life. B.C. stands for before Christ, and A.D. stands for Anno Domini, or in the year of our Lord. Of course, now they changed it to B.C.E., before the common era, but I always correct them and say before the Christian era, you mean. (laughs) And... uh, Uh, CE, which stands for the Christian era, that's what I say, but they say the common era. Jesus coming to earth has been the most significant event in the history of mankind, and his death and resurrection changed everything. Do you just hope that Jesus is real, or do you know that he's real? You know, a lot of people believe the Bible is filled with mythology and just fables and stories. But we know it's the authentic word of God, and it's filled with actual history and events that occurred. In fact, over a third of the world's population today are celebrating the resurrection of their Lord. Christianity is the largest religion in the world even today, about 2.3 billion. Islam is catching up. They have about 1.8 billion. It's too sad, too bad, I mean. Hebrews 11 one says now faith is the assurance that's a truth that holds something together of things hope for the conviction or evidence that leads to a conviction of things not seen and faith is based not only on a belief but on the evidence around us and so today as we do every Easter we're going to examine the proof and discover that Jesus Christ was a historical figure that lived, died, and rose again. Last week we talked about Daniel chapter 9 and the prophecy Daniel gave that predicted the exact day the Messiah would come. He said from the issuing of the decree to restore and rebuild Jerusalem till the coming of Messiah the Prince will be seven sevens and sixty-two sevens. We calculated that out and came right to the day. We discovered that he was crucified around thirty AD. On your handout you'll see a timeline. If you turn it over, you might be able to read it. It's quite small. But there's there's only a few censuses that could qualify as Quinarius's census when uh, we know Christ was born. Uh, one is 20. I got to put my glasses on for this. <laughs> yeah, the first one is 28 BC. The second is 8 BC. The third is 2 BC, 6 AD, and 14 AD. Now, folks, I got to tell you, it can't be 2 BC because as you can see on the timeline, Herod died in 4 BC. So it had to be before the time that Herod died, so it has to be around 8 B.C. So Christ was conceived 9 B.C., December 25th, and he was born 8 B.C., around September or October. That's during Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, the Feast of Trumpets. Herod died 4 B.C., and Christ would have been about two years old right before Herod died. And remember, he had all the the male children two years and younger killed just to make sure that he got uh, who was born king of the Jews. When he was 12 years old, about 5 A.D., he went into the temple and discussed things with uh, the priests there. At 32 years old, he was baptized and started his ministry. I know the Bible says he was about 30 years old. Uh, It was probably 32. He ministered for 3.5 years and died at 36 years old, 30 AD, March or April, in the week that Passover fell on Friday like it did this year. Okay, so now this timeline, I mean, scholars have argued back and forth. But of all the research I've done since 1981 on a scholarly level, this makes the most sense. And 30 AD is significant because an event is recorded by a secular historian, which I'm going to read for you later, that concurs with the biblical story of what happened at the crucifixion. And that is significant. And so we're going to go through some of the proofs, proof that Jesus lived, died, and rose again. Pastor Chris mentioned it, about two or 300 prophecies he fulfilled as being the Messiah. If you just take eight of those prophecies, the odds of one man fulfilling them after they were predicted is 1 to the 10 to the 17th, or that's 1 in 100 quadrillion chance that one man could fulfill just eight we have eyewitness accounts the new testament documents and anyone who has honestly studied the facts have found these three truths the tomb in which jesus was buried was discovered empty jesus disciples had real experiences with one that they believed was the risen christ Even Jesus' brother who refused to believe James uh, really believed in the end, and so did Judas who wrote the, the book of Jude. Three fishermen went scared and hiding, and yet when they saw the risen Lord, they were empowered and they became skillful orators and writers, and Christianity spread to the point that all of Rome embraced the risen lord by the fourth century now all of these facts if it was just a myth all of rome would have known it was a myth it would have been dispelled right away in the beginning so what happened and we have extra biblical writings that really uh collaborate with what the bible says so the new Testament. Testament documents John 17 20 says I do not pray for these alone This is Jesus speaking, but also for those who will believe in me through their word the New Testament documents The Gospels four different books that are written by three Eyewitnesses and a fourth by an investigative reporter. I like that God included an investigative reporter. Did you know that an investigative reporter, a Gentile, wrote one of the books, one of the Gospels? Oh, yeah, Dr. Luke. In fact, Luke chapter 1, verse 1 says Inasmuch as many have undertaken to compile an account of the things accomplished among us, just as they were handed down to us by those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and servants of the word, It seemed fitting for me as well, having investigated everything carefully from the beginning to write it out for you in consecutive order, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the exact truth about the things that you have been taught. So we have three eyewitnesses and one investigative reporter. In fact, Peter said in 2 Peter 1.16, We didn't follow cleverly devised tales when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty For when he received honor and glory from God the Father, such an utterance as this was made by him by the majestic glory. This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. And we ourselves heard this utterance from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. So we have the prophetic word made more sure, to which you do well to pay attention as a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star arises in your hearts no collection of work from antiquity except the bible has been through such rigorous testing has has stood the test of time and stood firm against literally all who would try to come against it paul By the way, Jesus rose 30 AD in Acts chapter 8, verse 3, and Saul began ravaging the churches, entering house after house, dragging off men and women. He would put them in prison. Paul did that at first, but he saw the risen Lord on the road to Damascus, and Paul was saved in 32 AD, two years after the crucifixion. Acts chapter nine, verse three, and he was traveling, it happened as he was approaching Damascus. And suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. And he fell on the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. Paul didn't meet Peter until 35 AD. Remember, Paul went off and was instructed by the Holy Spirit all the doctrines of Christianity. When he met Peter, remember, he corrected Peter. (laughs) Peter wouldn't sit with the Gentiles during the meal, and Paul rebuked him for it. Galatians chapter 1, 18, then three years later, I went to Jerusalem and became acquainted with Cephas, or Peter, and stayed with him 15 days. I'm reading this to, to let you know Paul didn't collaborate with Peter and the other apostles and try to figure out what the story was. Paul went off by himself and was instructed by the Holy Spirit, and it all lined up with what the apostles had already been preaching. What Paul learned of Jesus? Well, he saw him on the road to Damascus. And in 1 Corinthians 15:1, Paul writes, Now I make known to you, brethren, the gospel which I preach to you, which also you received and which also you stand, by which also you are saved, if you hold fast the word which I preach to you, unless you believe in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received." that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried and he was raised on the third day according to our scriptures. And he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve, then five hundred brethren who most are alive even to this day. And then he appeared to James and then to all the apostles. And last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared to me also. Now, Saul was a Pharisee, a persecutor of Christians. In fact, he was a Pharisee of Pharisees. He said, as to the law, blameless. He hated Christians. He hated this Christ that came in his mind as a false messiah. And then he had an encounter with the risen Lord. I know each and every one of you here have had that encounter with the risen Lord Jesus Christ. And you are born again, and you have solid faith in him. But there's many who do not. 1 Corinthians, the next verse, fifteen nine. For I am the least of the apostles and not fit to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. You know, of all the books from antiquity, take Aristotle. He wrote that about 340 B.C. The oldest copy of his works is 1100 A.D. That's 1450 years after he wrote, and we only have five copies from antiquity, and no one questions the authenticity of Aristotle's writings. It's the same with Julius Caesar, 950 years after he wrote, Herodotus, 1,350, Homer, 900 years. All of these old writers, the oldest copies are vastly older than when they were written or younger than, than when they were written. And we only have a few copies. The Bible, we have fragments that are within 100 years, and some say even 40 years from the original. And we have some 5,000 manuscripts of the Old Testament and 8,000 fragments or manuscripts of the New Testament. And they all agree 99%. Extra-biblical proof. And this is what most people want to know. Okay, if the Bible's real, there's got to be some writers, some historians, uh, extra-biblically that attest to the things that the Bible claims. Well, Cornelius Tacitus, born A.D. 52, a Roman historian wrote, quote-unquote, persons commonly called Christians who were hated for their enormities. Christus, remember in Rome they always added us to a name, so Christ or Christus. The founder of the name was put to death by Pontius Pilate, procreator of Judea, in the reign of Tiberius. Okay, he affirms that Christ was alive, a real person. This wasn't a Christian who wrote this. Secular historian. And that he was put to death by Pontius Pilate in the reign of Tiberius Caesar. Lucian of Samotas, 120 AD, he was a satirist in the second century. He hated Christians and, and usually teased or spoke scornfully about them. And he said, the man who was crucified in Palestine because he introduced this new cult into the world. Again, attesting to the fact that Jesus lived and was crucified. Flavius Josephus was a Jewish historian that uh, actually began to live in the palace in Rome and he worked for Rome to write the history of the Jewish people. He mentions Jesus several times in his writings. One he says, now there was about this time Jesus, a wise man, if it be lawful to call him a man, who was a doer of wonderful works and more on him later. Suetonius uh, wrote about 120 was a Roman historian mentioned Jesus as well as the Jews were making constant disturbances at the instigation of Christus He expelled them from Rome Pliny the younger wrote about 112 AD who was governor of Bithynia, and He wrote the Emperor Trajan seeking counsel on how to treat the Christians he said I make these men curse Christ, which a genuine Christian cannot do, be induced to do. So he would try to get them to curse Christ, and he says genuine Christians won't do it. Tertullian, a theologian of Carthage, wrote about 195 A.D., and he said, Tiberius, accordingly, on those days the Christian name made its entry into the world. Having himself received intelligence from the truth of Christ's divinity brought the matter before the Senate with his own decision in favor of Christ. What's significant about what Tertullian wrote in 197 AD is that those records were still in the Roman Senate. He he was writing this to Rome, trying to get the persecution of Christians to stop, and he said, even... Tiberius affirmed the divinity of Christ and brought the matter before the Senate with his own decision in favor of Christ. So what happened to those Roman records? I'll tell you in a minute. Thalius, a Samaritan historian, wrote 52 A.D., just 22 years after Christ was crucified. And he said about the eclipse of the Sun, The eclipse of the sun, unreasonably, as it seems to me at the time of the full moon, and it was at the season of the Pascal full moon that Christ died. Okay, I love that, because the sun can't be eclipsed during a full moon. Why is that? Because the full moon's here at night. It's not on the other side of the planet. The sun is eclipsed when there's no moon because it's on the same side of the planet as the sun and it comes between us and the sun and makes an eclipse. There was no eclipse when he was crucified. This was a supernatural darkening of the sun that lasted three hours. That's why he said unreasonably because there's a full moon. How could the moon eclipse the sun when it's here at night? It's impossible. Meribar Saperian wrote a letter to his son about Christ around 73 AD, and he said, What advantage did the Jews gain from executing their wise king? It was just after that that their kingdom was abolished. Justin Martyr wrote about 150 AD, and he wrote to Emperor Antonius Pius about Pilate's report. And he said where Pilate states he could find no fault in him but crucified him because of the ensuing riot that would happen by the Jews if he didn't. The surviving copy of the report also speaks of the missing body and eyewitness accounts of the resurrection. Pliny the Younger, a Roman author and administrator who served as governor of Bithynia, also speaks about Christianity and the providence of Bithynia. And he provides some facts about Jesus. Pliny found that the Christian influence was so strong that the pagan temples had been nearly deserted, pagan festivals severely decreased, and the sacrificial animals had few buyers. Christianity, even in the midst of persecution, was filling Bithynia, where he was governor, and he said, all our temples are empty. Everyone's becoming Christians. Because of the inflexibility of the Christians and the Emperor's prohibition against political association, Governor Pliny took action against the Christians. Yet because he was unsure how to deal with the believers, if there should be any distinctions in treatment or repentance made, etc., he wrote Emperor Trajan to explain his approach. And what he said is he interrogated them, inquiring if they were believers. If they answered in the affirmative, he asked them two more times under the threat of death. If they continued in their firm belief, he ordered them to be executed. And he stated, under torture, they would not deny this Jesus who was crucified under Pontius and reportedly raised from the dead. They worshiped this man Jesus called the Christ. Emperor Trajan, Pliny's inquiry received a reply which is published along with his letters, although Emperor Trajan's response is much shorter. And it says, the method you have pursued, my dear Pliny, in sifting the cases of those denounced to you as Christians is extremely proper. It is not possible to lay down any general rule which can be applied as the fixed standard in all cases of this nature. No search should be made. For these people when they are denounced and found guilty they must be punished with the restriction however that when the party denies himself to be a christian and shall give proof that he is not that is by adoring our gods he shall be pardoned on the ground of repentance even though he may have formally incurred suspicion okay all of these records they're not questioning this roman emperor that you can read the letters that he wrote, or Pliny the governor. They're not questioning that Jesus lived or, 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 or was crucified. They know he was as historical fact. And Christianity was spreading so quickly, so fast, after Christ was crucified and raised from the dead, it had to be those 500 witnesses and more that were saying, we have seen the risen Lord. And they saw miracles. They weren't questioning any of that. So what about Jewish writings? You've probably heard of the Talmud or the Mishnah. The Talmud, the Jews handed down a large amount of oral tradition from generation to generation. That material was organized according to subject by Rab- Rabbi Aqaba before his death in 135 AD. Okay, not too long after Christ was crucified, about a 100 years. A very significant quotation is found in Sanhedrin 43, dating from just the early period. And it says, on the eve of Passover, day of preparation, when when was Jesus crucified? The day of preparation, the eve of Passover. On the eve of Passover, Yeshua was hanged for 40 days before the execution took place a herald went forth and cried he is going forth to be stoned because he has practiced sorcery and enticed israel to apostasy anyone who can say anything in his favor let him come forward and plead on his behalf but since nothing was brought forward in his favor he was hanged on the eve of passover okay this is in the talmud The Talmud affirms that Jesus lived, was said to be born of a a virgin, that he performed miracles, that many people followed after him, many Jewish people. In fact, on Palm Sunday, what did it say? The Pharisees said, the whole world has gone after him, meaning everybody there has gone after Jesus Christ. And they they declared, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. No one questioned it. The Pharisees just said, hey, silence your disciples. And Jesus said, if they be silent, these stones will cry out. The Talmud and Mishnah affirm that Jesus was crucified on the day of preparation, exactly as the Bible records on the eve of Passover that Christ's body could not be found after three days. The tomb of Jesus was sealed by Roman guards, and they kept watch over the tomb. There is no way the disciples could have stolen the body of Christ. Folks, all of these extra biblical texts affirm what we know to be true. F.F. Bruce was a professor at the University of Manchester discussed the fallacies in people not believing in the man Jesus. And he says, some writers may toy with the fancy of a Christ myth, but they do not do so on the ground of historical evidence. The historicity of Christ is as axiomatic for the unbiased historian as the historicity of Julius Caesar. It is not historians who propagate the Christ myth theory. Historical proof that Jesus lived, died, and rose again. Back to Josephus. He was born 37 AD. He was a Jewish historian for the emperor in Rome. And he says this At this time, there was a wise man who was called Christ. And his conduct was good, and he was known to be virtuous. And many people from among the Jews and other nations became his disciples. Pilate condemned him to be crucified and to die, and those who had become his disciples did not abandon his discipleship. They reported that he appeared to them three days after the crucifixion and that he was alive. Accordingly, he was perhaps the Messiah concerning whom the prophets have recounted wonders. Now, some secular historians say this is an addition to the original work of Josephus in every manuscript we have from Josephus, it all contains this. And the manuscripts from the east to the west to all over the region, the ancient manuscripts of Josephus all contain this passage. Not one does not contain it. He goes on to say, but the younger Aeneas, who, as we said, received the high priesthood, was of bold disposition and exceptionally daring. He followed the party of the Sadducees, who were severe in judgment above all the Jews, as we have already shown. As, therefore, Ananus was such disposition, he thought he had now good opportunity, as Festus was now dead and Albionus was still on the road. So he assembled a council of judges and brought before it the brother of jesus the so-called christ whose name was james and together with some others and having accused them as lawbreakers he delivered them over to be stones josephus further states now there was about that time jesus a wise man if it be lawful to call him a man who was a doer of wonderful works a teacher of such men as received the truth with pleasure he drew over to him both many jews and many of the gentiles He was the Christ, and when Pilate, at the suggestion of the principal men among us, had condemned him to the cross, those that loved him at first did not forsake him, for he appeared to them alive again the third day, as the divine prophets had foretold these and ten thousand other wonderful things concerning him. The tribe of Christians so named from him are not extinct to this day. The proof, Josephus, a respected Jewish historian, writing for the emperor of Rome, he actually became a Roman citizen, he was not a Christian, and had to substantiate his histories to the emperor and to the senate. The aforementioned quotes are in every copy we have of Josephus' works. If he did not write that, and it was added by Christians later, there would be at least one copy without uh, those quotes. Matthew 27, 45 says, now from the sixth hour, darkness fell upon all the land until the ninth hour. That's three hours. Another one said it was so dark you could see the stars. Matthew 27, 54 says, now the centurion and those who were with him after he was crucified, keeping guard over Jesus. When they saw the earthquake and the things that were happening, they became frightened and said, truly, this was the Son of God. More non-Christian historians. Cornelius Tacitus, again, a Roman historian, called oftentimes the greatest historian of ancient Rome. In documenting Nero's persecution of Christians in 64 AD, he mentioned Pontius Pilate as the one who handed the extreme penalty upon Jesus. Phlygian, a Greek historian in the first century, said in the fourth year of the 202nd Olympiad, 30 AD, there was the greatest eclipse of the sun. It became night in the sixth hour of the day, so that stars even appeared in the heavens. And there was a great earthquake in Bithynia, and many things were overturned in Nicaea. The ancient Greeks used the Olympiads as their annual dating or yearly dating system. The first Olympiad was conducted 776 BC. This was the 202nd Olympiad. They happened every four years. That brings us to 30 A.D. And what about the sun growing dark? Luke 23 42 says, And he was saying, Jesus, remember me when you come in your kingdom. And he said to him, Truly I say to you, today you shall be with me in paradise to that thief on the cross. It was now about the sixth hour, and darkness fell over the whole land until the ninth hour. Three hours. Because the sun was obscured, the veil of the temple was torn in two. And behold, the veil in the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And the earth shook, and the rocks were split. So the eclipse of the sun, the earthquake, from extra-biblical historians happened 30 A.D. When was Christ crucified? 30 A.D. Origen of Alexandria wrote about 200 AD in against Celsus and he wrote that Phlegon in his chronicles mentioned Jesus now Phlygen, in the 13th or 14th book i think of his chronicles not only ascribed to Jesus a knowledge of future events although uh, falling into confusion about some of the things which refer to Peter as if they referred to Christ but also testified that the result corresponded to his predictions chuutanius another Roman historian who has also made reference of Jesus I don't have my watch oh here we go hold on oh it's 11 already oh my goodness hey worship team come on up <laughs> There's so much more and more I could cover, but folks, all of this, all these facts affirm that Jesus was from Nazareth. These are extra biblical facts. They affirm that he was wise and lived a virtuous life and worked miracles and did wonders. They affirmed that he was crucified under Pontius Pilate in the reign of Tiberius Caesar at the time of Passover, literally on the eve of Passover, the day of preparation, exactly as the Bible says. They affirmed that Jesus was believed by his disciples, that they saw him and believed and Christianity spread like wildfire. It couldn't be a myth. The historicity of Christ's life, death, and resurrection is fact. That's why I love that history is actually his story. It's all about that. Why don't we stand? Let's sing this song to the Lord. Thank you for listening to Staying the Course with Pastor Brett Peterson. If you would like a copy of this message or would like to submit a prayer request or comment, contact us at 949-888-5777 or email us at info at ccbcu.edu. God bless you as you seek and serve him. Remember, stay the course, and we'll see you next week. I love your word, I love the way it comforts me.